Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Wednesday, August 22nd, and today we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are at Bill's story on page 11, top of the paragraph. Today's <laughs> readers are Judy B., Michelle, Sharon, Fran, Carol P., Margaret H., and Melanie. The reference number for yesterday is 2881. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Margaret H. to read the 12 steps, please. Hello, this is Margaret H., the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Margaret. I will now call on Melanie to read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, 
to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. Thank you, Melanie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Again, today we resume our reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 11 at the top of the paragraph, starting to Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man. I will ask uh, Judy B. to please begin our reading. And again, our readers are Judy B., Michelle, Sharon, Fran, and Carol P., So, Judy, if you'd start us off, please. Certainly. Good morning. This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. To Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching, most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. The wars which had been fought the burnings and chicanery that religious disputes had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The brotherhood of man, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal. And he certainly had me. So these paragraphs are continuing um, the discussion of um, what Bill was thinking about and what he was uh, going through as he sat there across from his friend 
who had seemed to to uh, gone through a, a tremendous change. And Bill's talking about the fact that yes, religion had had made a an impact on his life. He had thought about it. He had um, been to church. He had thought about um, the life of Christ and and that that his moral teachings were were most excellent. Um, and yet there were many, many parts of uh, this religious discussion which he, he uh, had a problem with. He, he had a problem with ministers he had met, with, with what the world religions uh, were doing. And um, so at this point, he's, he's a little bit confused. He realizes at this time that, that it seems that the devil, who, who he calls the boss universal, it seems that the devil is really in charge of his life right now, and he knows that the devil certainly has him at this moment. And so um, he's disregarded all of the things that he uh, that he can't accept yet, and yet we'll see that he's he's open to to looking at this, and um, and it's an important part of his growth. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else care to share on what was read, please? This is Kim. Please, Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive outer reader from South Jersey. I love this last line of the first paragraph. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. I mean, that explains why OA was so painful for many years for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I did steps 3, 7, and 11, and, and they just didn't work. I had a sponsor for six months in 1997, and that didn't work. Yeah, I read this big book. Well, I didn't read We Agnostics because, you know, I grew up in religious schooling, so I didn't need that chapter. Oh, the doctor's opinion? You know, self-knowledge available is nothing. What do I care what a doctor thinks? You know, I pick and chose what, what, what I would do and wondered why it wasn't working for me. You know, I love this analogy. You know, we, if we have compulsive overeaters go to a vending machine and, and a, our favorite candy bar is a dollar, what happens if we put in 30 cents? Nothing. 50 cents? Nothing. 99 cents? Nothing. We don't get that candy bar until we put the full dollar in. Yet so often I think we go into program and we think, well, if I put in a 50% effort, I'll get a 50% return. If I put in a 70% effort, I'll, I'll settle for a 30% return. But that's why we weren't getting results. You know, I adopted the parts that seemed convenient and not too difficult, and the rest I disregarded. Well, spoiler alert, recovery isn't convenient. But the rewards, if we put in that 100%, 100% effort, is beyond amazing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. This is Leah. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. Everyone, my name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I discarded. Um, You know, this is Bill's story, and certainly, you know, (laughs) we've read about him trying to solve his problem of alcoholism through sheer willpower and failing miserably. He's tried his intellect. He's tried self-knowledge. 
you know, he understands who and what he is right now in this process. Through hindsight, he's talking about step two, came to believe that a power greater than himself could restore him to sanity. Bill is having a hard time. I mean, Ebby has uh, carried the message that, you know, God has restored his sanity. That's Ebby's uh, message. But Bill is having a hard time with that. And, you know, when I when I think about this, you know, how wonderful it is because because of this challenge and Bill's articulation of the challenge, this allows everybody who's challenged in this area to identify in. You know, Bill has to open his mind. He's cornered. The disease has cornered him. He has been beaten and pummeled into a state of reasonableness. And as, uh, you know, I talk about, there, there are only two doors. You know, either the gates of insanity, death, uh, jail, you know, institution, a gate, that's door number one, or door number two is to uh, come to believe that a power greater than himself can restore him to sanity, because only God can remove his obsession of the mind. A sick mind can't heal a sick mind. So this is Bill's experience, and I think, you know, it's a message of hope for everyone that, uh, you know, it's it's changing our mind. It's opening our mind. It is opening our mind. And when we're in enough pain and we've been beaten to a pulp, perhaps we will open our mind to a new possibility. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. I think I heard someone else chime in. This is Paula. Monica? May I share? Yes, Paula. Please go ahead. And then Monica. This would be pa- <laughs> then Monica. First of all, then Monica, please go ahead. <laughs> this would be Paula, recovered compulsive overeater. You know, on that first part, we we um, see he says his moral teaching is most excellent. Okay, but now he's talking about himself. Now this is what he heard. He wanted to believe it, but then we follow through and we go to the next line. Judging from what I had seen, do we not do that? What I saw. In Europe, and since, he goes beyond in his own life, not just in Europe, for we know the First World War, what it was about, chemicals that should have never been used, things that were done, what he saw. But even more so, in since, in his own disease, he saw himself going down. The power of God in human affairs was negligible, of a little value or importance. The Brotherhood of Man, a grim jest. But this part, if there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he knew this for sure. He certainly had me. But then we go on to the butt. I love those butts. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Kim. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And just following along the same line here, this is Bill's story, this chapter, and we're hearing about his process and his thinking process and what he's going through here um, about the religious part, uh, spiritual part of this program, I mean. And for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. You know, and he's thinking about all of his religious beliefs um, 
and how he was raised. And he's realizing here that, you know, on a personal level, he's done the same thing that he's resented about the different religions and whatnot. He's done the same things on a personal level. And then he goes on to say, if there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. Well, here again, some more. He's, he's realizing he's going through the process, and he's seeing what has become of him, that the devil has got a hold of him. You know, king alcohol has got him by the throat, and he's powerless, and he's been pretty hopeless here in the last uh, few paragraphs and whatnot. And... He's coming to realize that, you know, he's coming to that conclusion that, yes, he needs a power that's greater than him. You know, that's step two, a conclusion that we make. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? Hi, it's Rick. Good morning, Rick. Please go ahead. Then Janice. Good morning, Rick, compulsive overeater. Bill writes, to Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. The, the uh, hypocrisy is, is dripping from him. He's, he's saying, yeah, okay, Christ, Christ is good, but those people, oh, those people that are following him, they don't know much. So Bill's in the midst of the struggle in step two. He's, he's going back and forth. He's taken some of the some of the things and he's accepting it, but yet he's not uh, doesn't believe that anybody else really believes in, in as he's putting here Christ. So he's got a lot of uh, judgmental uh, hypocrisy going on, deliberation in his mind. So this is this is what we do in step two. We have to uh, wrestle wrestle with uh, our our doubts before we can get on to step three and make that decision. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Bill's thinking, you know, what a, what a wonderful place in the book to see in his story the isolation of his thinking. You know, I don't know about you, but what I've learned about compulsive overeating is that it is not unlike alcoholism in the progression of our thinking. You know, the progression of the disease, yes, was extremely physical. You know, Bill is at a very weakened physical state here by the time he's at this point. His body has suffered greatly. But what has suffered even more, is his mind. It's his mind. You know, Bill has always relied on his own accomplishments, his own ambition, his own intellect, his own self-determination, and he's got some good defiance going on there. And that described me. That described me. No one could tell me what to believe. No one was going to force me you know, no matter no matter what the evidence might be out there, there might be people who were following these spiritual paths that were doing quite well, thank you very much. But, you know, I ate for freedom and I became a prisoner. And that's what Bill was doing here, too. You know, drinking to try to find that freedom 
but being captive, a prisoner of his own thinking. And that deep isolation, nobody wanted him around anymore. Not the people he used to work with, not his friends, not his family. You know, he had become more and more and more isolated. Anxiety, depressed thinking, you know, and all of this shows right here. I honestly doubted whether on balance the religious religions of mankind had done any good. I mean, his mind has shut down, narrowed into his thinking that the disease has control of now, his thinking. Because it's a disease of perception. But all of that is going to be rearranged. All of that is going to be rearranged when he finds that power greater than himself. And so we'll hear the rest of the story. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else care to share what was read? Okay. We will move on to the next paragraph. Michelle, would you please read? Yes, good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Michelle, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And... um, this paragraph and reading it just triggers um, a memory for me as um, Bill is describing um, what happened to him, as Abby said before him, telling him his story, um, what happened to me when my um, present sponsor told me her story. And, um, you know, she basically said that she had not had um, a thought, a compulsive thought of picking up food for over 20 years. And I just couldn't believe it. I had had uh, two two and a half years of um, stark raving abstinence, but I had never been relieved of that mental obsession. And she told me she had she had done that that had God had done that for her by following the steps according to the Big Book. And um, she relayed her story to me. Her human will had failed her too. And it wasn't until my disease had progressed that I was willing to say that my willpower wasn't working because my weight had yo-yoed up and down. And for some time I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I just needed to put my willpower in gear again and it would work for me. But as my disease progressed, um, I found that, no, I had no willpower. And I certainly felt defeated, like Bill said he was. And like my sponsor said, it happened to her. She felt complete defeat and had surrendered. That was the answer, surrendering. I hadn't thought of that before. Um, Yeah, I thought I had taken step one when I put down the food, but I hadn't surrendered everything to God. And that to me, when um, she said that she had not had um, um, mental thought or that mental obsession had been relieved from her to even think about food um, for over 20 years, to me that was certainly a picture of being taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And and I saw more than that in her, um, more than just the mental obsession being relieved and her being at a, a healthy weight. Um, I saw how she gave service and she had 
caring and compassion for others because she had reached out to me uh, and cared enough about me to pass on with what um, had been given so freely to her. So um, certainly it was a picture for me of that attraction. She had um, what I wanted, and she was um, ready to share that with me and um, certainly painted that same picture. Um, I certainly knew that I was incurable at that point. Um, because I had tried diet after diet after diet. And in the beginning, that's all I was looking for was relief from the food. But what my sponsor promised me was even even more than that, even greater than that. And to me, I just um, couldn't imagine it. And so, yes, she, um, she certainly had my attention uh, the same way that Bill, um, Bill's attention is given to Ebby here in this, um, in this story. Um, so thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle. Would anyone else care to share what was read? Press star one to unmute. This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. Uh, I was looking at that thought from the paragraph before. (laughs) And it says here, but my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration. Okay, there was no he and no harm and maybe. And he said clearly, the declaration is an explicit statement to show clearly, to show he sat before me. It was, as, as Edward Guest had said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. He saw it here. He saw this man he knew. And what, did, what was the declaration, declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself? Then I'm going to scoot right down to that line. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead. Doesn't that seem extreme? No. Right on target. Suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And he ends that with an explanation point. Well-deserved and well-placed. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else? This is Judith. Hi, Judith. Go ahead. Thank you. Judith, compulsive overeater. I was at exactly the same place in terms of religion and spirituality as Bill was, and I was damn proud of it. It was like, I am so smart. I figured out that the religions of the world have caused the crusades, and et cetera, and it's actually been worse for the world that there are religions. So not only did I believe that, but I was proud of myself for believing that. So um, I was right in there with Bill. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else like to share what was read? This is Janet. Go ahead, Janice, and then I'll get who was next. Sharon. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. This is Janet. But my friend sat before me. Remember this? Bill has a lot of history with this man. This is someone that he knew intimately, knew well, knew that Ebby drank the way he drank, knew that Ebby had suffered in the same way he had suffered. So it was really going to be a profound statement to hear from this friend of his. He made the point-blank declaration. He stated it clearly. He put it out there. He wasn't ashamed of how he was thinking. He was relieved and he was happy to tell Bill about this. 
that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. His human will had failed, he told Bill. And, and he told Bill, clearly the doctors had pronounced him incurable. Incurable. They were ready to lock him up. And he admitted complete defeat. Just like Bill had done many times, knowing full well now that the disease had him and that he couldn't find a way out. And then what did Ebby tell him? Not only, not only have I been relieved of the disease, but I've been raised up. I've been raised up and taken to a life better than I ever could have imagined. Than I ever could have imagined. Now that's some big news. That's some big news for Bill. You know, Eddie just wasn't limping along, not drinking. Something had happened to him, and Bill could see it clearly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Are there was someone else? This is Sharon. Go ahead, Sharon. Thank you. Uh, hi, this is Sharon. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, and good morning to everyone on the phone. Uh, the thing that uh, strikes me in this paragraph, there's so much here. Um, before before Abby made this point blank declaration, the groundwork had already been set. Bill knew that this was a man that was hopeless. He had, there was, he was totally hopeless. And then to be sitting before him with his eyes shining uh, and contented, uh, um, that was making a statement to Bill in itself. And then Abby did not shy away. Like sometimes in all honesty, we do in the OA rooms, we don't want to mention the word God. But the reality is, is that it is God, it is a higher power of our own understanding that brings about this recovery. The other thing that I want to point out that, about Ebby that, that um, is interesting is the humility, the honesty uh, that he speaks with. He really is honest about who he is, what happened. He tells here, the doctors had pronounced incurable. Incurable. He was at a completely hopeless state, and he didn't uh, he didn't shy away from saying and telling what his experience had been. Of course, Bill knew all of this, but uh, for us, this when we're speaking of our uh, where we came from, and we're talking to newcomers, uh, that that complete honesty and that humility, human. His human will failed him. He was utterly defeated, and then he surrenders to his God, to a power greater than himself. And what is exciting is right in this paragraph, he goes from uh, defeat, utter defeat, from human faith, human uh, will had failed him. He had been pronounced incurable. And then, uh, and society wanted to get rid of him. 
And uh, then he had been raised from the dead. So he could offer hope to Bill. He had been raised from the dead, uh, in effect. And from the scrap heap, from the, from the very bottom, from the very pit of hell, so to speak, he had not only been risen from that place, but to a place that is better. So what he was imparting to Bill is that hope, that light at the end of the tunnel, but not just that. Bill is a person who has seen himself rise to the quote-unquote top of society uh, if you count big money as being the top. Yet here, Evie, who came from a good family, was able to tell him that his place, and they used to romp together and, and, you know, uh, have these uh, flings together. And yet, Evie is telling Bill that I'm at a place even better than when we were out there having those great times together. And he's saying that by surrendering the help from God, I was able not only to get recovery, to, to rise up from that whole that I was at, but even than that, to a place even better, even beyond that. And that's what we offer in these rooms. That's what this program offers us. Not only do we, we, we recover, we get to a place better than what we were trying to get for ourselves. It's a better place, and it's worth the surrender. It's worth the being honest. It's worth the humility. It's worth all that we have to give up to get the gem that we receive by working this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. I'd like to share. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater. This is so exciting to, to see the transformation that's taking place in Bill's thought process. I mean, I mean, let's review. He's he's gotten to the point where it talks about in the in the big book about you know two choices: drink yourself, blotting out the consciousness of your intolerable situation, or pick up the spiritual kit of tools laid at your feet. And and there comes Ebby, and they're sitting down at the table, and he says, "Look, I I've got a simple religious idea and a practical program of action." And Bill's like, "I know I'm powerless, and I know that you drank like I did, and I can see that you're recovered, and I'm going through this idea of my." mind about religious ideas. I mean, it's hard to grow up in this world without having some preconceived ideas and been exposed to multiple religions and, you know, figure out I'll take a little of this and I like that and whatever is convenient. And then debating, well, can I do this? Can I swallow this idea of what Evie is putting before me? And he's debating and then he says, but you know what? Look at him, the power of his example, which is says, you know what? He, like myself, had admitted complete defeat. He was about to be locked up, and they were going to throw away the key. If anything, maybe he was even worse than me. He drank worse than me, but I know I'm the alcoholic scrap heap. I mean, he's describing himself in this paragraph, and yet he can see the recovery. He can see that this man has recovered. So he's like, you know what? These religious ideas haven't helped me any. 
And here stands before me a man that says there's some simple plan of action here that has shown that this man can recover, and I know he was like me. I mean, this is the power we have as recovered compulsive overeaters to carry the message that there's one of hope, that there is a power greater than ourselves out there, that is a spirit, that this is a spiritual concept. These are spiritual, this is a spiritual program with a simple program of practical steps through the 12 steps. That's the power of this example. And he's understanding, you know, half measures avail us nothing and how it works. It talks about the fact that the result was nil until we let go of these these preconceived ideas, that we have to let go of old ideas, that we have to look to those who are recovered and what they are doing and how they show us the way through the 12 steps but that the, the, the hope is here. The recovery is here. You know, I love what someone was saying earlier, the buts. But the buts this time, instead of turning to insanity and going back to the old, he's looking at the reality of a recovered person in front of him, and he's going, but, whoa, wait a minute. Here might be a way for me. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? It's Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you. But my... But my friend Hello? sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. I mean, indeed, this is, uh, you know, where living proof comes in. You know, this is where identification comes in. This is where that identification process is so important, because we who are recovered, and certainly we're talking about Ebby here, Ebby is living proof, you know, that this process that has occurred in his life uh, that God has restored his sanity. That's where identification process is so, so very important because Bill knew Ebby and Bill knew how Ebby drank and he knew that if Ebby was staying sober, some power greater than Ebby had to be working in Ebby's life. And Bill does not like that. It, it, it irritates him. His mind has snapped shut. But that's beside the point. Ebby is sitting there as living proof of it. And that's what, you know, recovered people have to offer today. And, you know, when we talk to newcomers, whether it's one-on-one or whether it's in a, in, in a meeting, you know, we are living proof that some power greater than ourselves is working in our lives also. And whether the newcomer likes it or not is beside the point. Recovered compulsive overeaters are living proof of it, just like Ebby was living proof of it to Bill. And and the newcomer can rationalize and the newcomer can justify his own behavior and the newcomer can, can argue and debate and defy and deny uh, what he sees before him. But uh, just like Bill, he had to recognize that this worked for Ebby. And what wasn't working? Well, Bill knew what wasn't working. I mean, Bill realized that anything that came from his own resource meaning will, meaning effort, philosophy, morality, goals, good intentions, his intellect, his self-knowledge, all that stuff won't solve his alcohol problem. His human resources alone simply are not sufficient. So step one, admitted he was powerless over alcohol, that his life had become unmanageable, was the foundation, but here comes step two. Because he's cornered. He sees, Bill sees, he cannot rely on himself. And so the choices have narrowed down to either relying on some power greater than himself or being doomed to an alcoholic death. And even though those aren't easy alternatives to face for Bill, 
They're the only ones he's got. If he wants to truly recover from the illness of alcoholism, he has to somehow wrap his brain around a power greater than himself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else care to share what was read? Okay. We will move on. Sharon, if you'd be so kind as to read, please. Or did I do Sharon already? Is it Fran? Absolutely. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Okay. Had, Thank you. Yes. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the table. He shouted, great tidings. Well, this is, uh, had this power originated in him, all of a sudden, the light is dawning. He's, he's, he's comparing himself to Evie. So Evie's laid it out on the table. He's made it clear. No equivocating. This is what happened. It was God. I couldn't do it myself. It was not me. It wasn't my will. The, the way of the world that we thought was so fabulous and, and amazing failed us, Bill. The, the, and, and the very people that we tried to impress turned on us and tried to lock us up. Bill, it didn't work. And I, for one, am admitting defeat and I'm accepting a different way. There's a better way, Bill. And it has to do with that very thing we've run from all our lives. And that's from God the religion that we've been taught, all of that. There's something in that, Bill. And in there is is where I found hope. I found my solution. And so Bill is faced with the decision. Is he going to uh, be like his friend and, and uh, have humility and accept that there is a better way, or is he going to go on his own way, digging his own hole, digging his own grave? Is he going to continue digging that grave, or is he going to reach up for help? Is he going to accept that he has been wrong, that his way is has led him to total destruction, and that there is a better way? Which Which choice is he going to make? And he said that he realized right then that Abby didn't have any more power than he did. He accepted that he and Abby were still on the same level. Abby recovered and him an alcoholic still. What made the difference? And he realized that there had to be a power some power out there, something in religious people that was right after all, something in the human heart 
had done, had there had been, here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. It, it's a miracle. A miracle had occurred. And so Ed, uh, it doesn't say yet that Bill has accepted. We haven't gotten to that point. But he's, his mind is, is coming open. It's coming open. And he's starting to, it's starting to dawn on him that there is a better way. There is a better way. And I, I want to say that I came to this same point. And it happened to me when I was sitting in a room and there were many people that got up and said that they had recovered from compulsive overeater, overeating. And I saw the light in their eyes. I received that hope. And I said to my, I realized that if they could do it, I could do it. And I'm hoping that people on this line who are still suffering realize that if we can do it, who have recovered, so can you. It's available to you, and it's free of charge. All that is required is a surrender, letting go of some of these old musty ideas from the, never mind the musty past. Forget all of that. There is a better way, and it's being presented to you today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Had this power originated in him? No, it had not. You know, I think the miracle, the miracle is that shift in perception. Help me to see it differently. Help me to see it differently. And that's what was happening, I believe, to Bill. Right here. Right here. There was a shift going on in his perception. A shift in his thinking. Something new, a new idea was being presented to him. That the human will, human resources were not enough against this thing. But that with a power greater, there was hope. You know, here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. And what was at work in that human heart? It was a shift in perception. It was a new idea. It was a willingness. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Right then. Because here was something that could not be denied. Here was something that could not be denied. Someone raised up from the scrap heap, like Bill, someone like Bill. There had been no more power in Epi than there had been in Bill, and he saw that, saw that. So here was a miracle directly across the table from him, and how could his thinking not be changed? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janet. Anyone else on what was read? I'll go ahead and share. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater. That floored me. I began to look as religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. Well, again, Bill realizes that he and Abby both were impossibly dying of this disease. This alcoholism had them down for the count. They were cornered. They were powerless. And yet here stood before him a miracle. 
he was thinking, you know, I'm starting to forget about all these old ideas as well, these, these musty ideas. Here is something that uh, is showing me the impossible, what I thought on my own will would be impossible, and yet at work in Ebby's heart is something that has changed this man miraculously. And this whole idea of spiritual terms and, and, and talking of God, and you know, I love how this book is laid out. You know, it starts out on the foreword that says, here, this is, this is worked. This comes from people that has worked, you know. Then here's a doctor's opinion to let you know about it. And then here is Bill's story so that you can identify. And then there's more about alcoholism in case you change your mind. And then there's that whole chapter to the agnostics that talks about it, about this whole idea of this spiritual book and how these, how these steps work and, and all into action. I mean, it's so divinely guided in my humble opinion. And it says here, agnostics, that we found as, that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. I mean, Bill didn't have to get it all right then. He just needed to be open and willing to let go of his musty ideas and realize that there was another way here that obviously worked because of the miraculous transformation of the man sitting in front of him. He could see it in his eyes. He could see it in his heart. He could see it in his manner and how he didn't rant and rave at Bill or anything. He just shared his experience, strength, and hope. By his own example, he could see the miracle in front of him. So he's thinking, wow, there is maybe this power that, that Ebby is talking about that could work for me as well. The transformation, the spiritual experience is beginning. It's starting to happen here because of Bill's honesty about being powerless over this disease, his open-mindedness and willingness to listen to the new idea. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Paula Masha. Go ahead, Paula. Go ahead, Paula. Go ahead, Paula. Paula. (laughs) This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'd like to just go on on that sentence because Within two sentences, he uses the same word, and that word is miracle. You know, we talk about miracles sometimes. Oh, what a miracle. You know, they're actually walking on the right side of the street. You know, and we use it very kind of loosely. Not here. Not here. was not used loosely. Ah, my little tongue is kind of floating around there. But my ideas about miracle, what is a miracle? A supernatural event. That's what he saw. A supernatural event. This cannot be, yet it's in front of my eyes. And then he said clearly, my ideas about miracles were drastically revised. Drastically, not just revised, not just changed, drastically, right then, right at that moment. Never mind the musty past, put that aside. Here's that. Can you imagine? Here sat a miracle, a supernatural event, directly across the kitchen table. But the amazing part is that we are a miracle. We are a miracle. A supernatural event takes place, and he said it clearly, in the heart, at work in a human heart. And then I love the way he ended it, and I will end it here also. He shouted great tidings. Ah, indeed. 
they were. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. I think I heard someone else there wanting to chime in. That's Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Amy. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I think diddle diddle for what everybody has said here ahead of me. Had this power originated in him, obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was not at all. That floored me. Wow. You know, he couldn't believe his eyes or his mind with the thinking that was going through him here. Wow. It began to look as though the religious people were right after all. You know, he's beginning here. Bill is beginning to set aside his fixed ideas, his prejudiced ideas that he's had all his life. You know, pain is a great motivator. And here's Bill pretty much at the bottom, bottom, bottom for him. And he is seeing things with a different with different eyes. And how could he not? Here's Abby sitting across the table from him, a living miracle. He had never seen Abby like this. And they had been drinking buddies for a long time. And he knew that Abby drank like him. But here's Abby. He's got a glow about him. He's clear. He's got a twinkle in his eyes. He's not ranting or raving. He's just very simply saying to Bill, I have found a solution, and it's a power greater than me. And this book is to help us. These 164 pages here are to help us find this power that's greater than us, that can do this miraculous, that can do these supernatural events, that can give us recovery from this killing disease. And I pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else on what was read? Press star one to unmute. We've got time probably for about one more share. Okay. We will move along. Fran, if you could please read. Good morning. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass. 